welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us with uh, Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Pearson. I will be your host. Today we'll be discussing how family ministry can broaden the outreach of a church. We have with us today Travis Cross. He is the pastor of family ministry at Edwards Road Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Travis, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, Travis, uh, I've known you for a while, and I've met you uh, from, especially when you've come to camp. I know you bring your kids, your children here uh, at least twice a year, I guess. Right. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Tennessee, from up around Bristol, and uh, graduated uh, high school up there in 86, and then went off to Chicago to Moody Bible Institute for four years, came back to Tennessee, started in ministry there in youth ministry was youth pastor for a few years and then moved into children's ministry. I said I moved up to children's ministry mm-hmm. and uh, love working with kids. Met my wife and been married about 23 years, a little over 23 years now. Have two sons. Uh, Wynn is 20 years old. He's a uh, second year, just finished his second year at North Greenville University in Greenville and is studying Spanish. And my other son is 17. He's Graham. And he just finished his junior year in high school. And you've been at uh, Travis Rudge for how long? I've been there uh, for 13 years this past January. And so your job, your uh, title is Minister of Family Ministry. So what does that entail? I work with uh, basically babies through fifth graders and their parents and grandparents, whoever they live with, whoever's raising them. And I'm considered a, an associate pastor of the church, so do hospital visits, um, minister in any way that the senior pastor calls on me to minister, and just kind of do a little bit of everything. Right. <laughs> well, I know children's ministry is definitely a, a calling. Not everybody wants to do children's ministry. Right. And so you're you're great with uh, kids, and well, you've got you. a real heart for them. And uh, so just tell me, tell me a little bit about why. Or what happened that uh, you felt God's calling, especially children's ministry? Well, like I say, I started in youth ministry and uh, actually youth and education. The education part just was not my calling, and so I ended up just doing youth ministry. But I always knew as a youth pastor that my future youth group were the children of the church. So even though I was the youth pastor, I still did vacation Bible school and children's camp and those kind of things, getting the, getting to know the children before they moved into the youth group. Mm-hmm. Well, I started just really feeling a passion basically after my son was born, my first son, in seeing the children, you know, most of the time a, a person makes a decision for Christ as a child. Mm-hmm. And by the time they're a youth, they've either already done that or they're maybe a little hardened or anything, you know, just all different kinds of new issues come up when they hit middle school, high school, and on. So I just really felt the Lord moving me, moving my heart and my passion toward younger children. So I actually went off staff for a year and just prayed, even though we still went to the same church, I still volunteered in the children's ministry. Mm -hmm. And then the pastor there asked me to come back on staff as part-time children's minister. 
And I, I knew right then that that was where I was supposed to be. Right. So I started in part-time, went to another church, and then ended up at Edwards Road full-time mm-hmm. and just absolutely love working with the children. Well, many uh, churches uh, across the state uh, do not have full-time children's ministers. Right. And so to try to juggle their own family life and working full-time and then doing children's ministry is not an easy task, is it? It's not, and it's it was a challenge and still kind of is a challenge too. But on the other hand, since I was in full-time ministry working with the children, basically from the time my boys were born up until now, growing up, them growing up in the church, they were able to participate in all my ministry activities. I got to take them to the different camps and things like that with me. They got to be at the church with me to help plan stuff and they even enjoyed getting involved in getting stuff together for Bible school or for Sunday school classes or anything like that. My wife doesn't necessarily go on trips with me to camps and stuff, mm-hmm. but she contributes greatly to my ministry with helping me shop for things. And uh, she she leads in some of the different children's ministry areas in our church, too, and, and volunteers herself. Yes, it's a challenge in being away from family sometimes for camps and things like that. And once my boys got older and aged out of my children's ministry into student ministry, instead of me and the boys going to camp, it was just me going to camp. So that got to be a little different, but our family just adjusted to it. My wife knows summer I'm gone two or three weeks out of the summer to camp, and she's she's good and supportive with that. So... It's a challenge in some ways, but in a lot of ways, it's been a blessing because we've been able to minister together as a family. Right. So that's been really cool. Oh, good. Well, now, I know you, you expressed how children's ministry, and real family ministry, is, is uh, important to you. But what is your real passion, real passion for ministry? Well, my real passion is the gospel. I make yeah. sure that the gospel is shared, whether it's a a one-time activity or event like a harvest carnival or an Easter egg hunt or something like that. Make sure the gospel's shared with whoever's there. Make sure the gospel's presented often to the kids uh, and to their parents. You know, we have activities where the parents are there as well as the children. We have an outreach to a local elementary school, and we make sure that we minister there. So my passion is to share the gospel with as many kids as possible, right. even if whether it's a one-time shot or an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not concerned as much for them to come and join my church as I am spreading the gospel to those boys and girls. Right. Because if you spread the gospel to the boys and the girls and they accept Jesus as Savior, they're going to tell their families about it. Right. And whether I get to present it to the parents or the grandparents or they go home and present it, mm-hmm. either way to me, is a success. Right. So how many doors is this open? I, I, I can imagine because <clears throat> I think a lot of times that uh, uh, we'll have churches that may have a children's ministry, mm-hmm. which is specifically children. Mm-hmm. But really, the ministry is the whole family because those parents are very interested, most of them, in what happens for their children. Right. They attend the church because usually they have a good children's program. Right. And they feel like they're, they're safe. Right. And so that that all kind of plays into uh, their attendance of your church too. So, but how is this, has it opened up other doors because of? I, I know the emphasis is not just children, but when you start say family ministries, 
you are thinking much broader than just children, right? Definitely. And, and a family this day means a lot of different things. So you might call a family a traditional family of a mom, dad, and kids, but you might have a family now that is adult, you know, parents with foster kids mm. or parents with adopted children, whether they be domestically adopted or from a foreign country. You might have a family that's a single mom with children. Mm. We have two families in our church who are single dads because the moms have both passed away with cancer in the past two years. Mm. So family means a lot of different things, and we love all families. We we love those families. We want to minister to those families. And as far as um, opening doors, the fact that we do have a family ministry and we reach out and try to minister to the entire family really helps like when we go to the elementary school Mm -hmm. and if we do meet a family that's a single mom and kids we can tell them and our and i have to praise my church because they are supportive of the ministry Mm -hmm. and when we ask for volunteers they're good to step up but when we go to say we meet a family that's a single mom and, and children we have a sunday school class in our church that is all ladies, all different ages, and the two ladies that teach the class are wonderful with the ladies. Mm. Some of them are single moms, some of them are widows, some of them are never married, that kind of thing. So when I go out to a, uh, and meet a family of a single mom and children, I can say, hey, we've got a place for you. We've got a place for you to come and bring your children, and then a place for you to come and to worship and to be a part of a group and not feel like you're the odd person out because it's a couple's class or if we have grandparents who are raising their kids, Mm -hmm. same thing. We can go and we can say, Hey, we've got some families in our church who are in the same situation you are. Why don't you come? I'll introduce you to them and y'all can get to know each other and support each other. Mm -hmm. And, and the people in our church are willing to do that. If I let them know of a need or a group or somebody that's needing some ministry to, they jump right in. They help out yeah. in any way that they can. So that's a real blessing. Sure. Yeah. So what's the uh, challenges? I mean, you, you, you with all the different type of family units that you, you're ministering to, is, is there a, a one challenge that, that they face uh, more than anything else, or is, is the challenges just different across the board? There's different challenges. Like, say you do have a single single parent, so there might be some financial challenges there. Well, I have people, thankfully, in my church that I can contact and say, hey, I've got two kids. The mom is single mom, and she can't afford for them to go to children's camp. Would you be willing to sponsor them to go to children's camp? And they step right up and help pay. As far as the traditional family, one of the biggest challenges that have come up in the past few years is they're just so busy. There's so much pulling at them and so many different activities, you know, used to summer was kind of open to families now with summer sports leagues and travel teams and things like that people are so busy it's they want their kids in to be involved in church but yet a lot of times things pull them away from church that are not church activities or not church related so some of the younger couples they might could be at church one sunday and then the next sunday they're at the lake mm-hmm. you know it's it's a sort of a commitment issue mm-hmm. I think that we're seeing and a time issue mm-hmm. so there's different challenges depending on what family you're dealing with foster families 
you have a family that has a kid that they're fostering and you might have that child for three months Mm -hmm. and then they get moved to another foster home. In our Good News Club, we might have a family that is part of our Good News Club at the school and then halfway through the school year, they move. Mm -hmm. And so you never see them again. So there's a lot of different challenges depending on what different ministry area you're looking at. Yeah. Well, and I see uh, how it plays in the part of uh, evangelism uh, with your desire to make sure every kid hears the gospel message. If that foster kid is only there for a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. they get a chance to hear the gospel message. and, And hopefully it impacts them with the next family. Exactly. And if it impacts them right then, great. If several years down the road they remember back to when they were a part of Edwards Road and they were a part of a family at Edwards Road Baptist and they heard the gospel and they accept Jesus as Savior, then praise the Lord. Right. So what challenges do you encounter trying to minister to these families? It gets tough sometimes trying to keep up with everybody, trying to keep up with what's going on in everybody's families. Uh, because you might have a family going through cancer or you might have a family going through the death of a grandparent or you might have a family going through the loss of a job or some issues that the kids are having or another member of the family is having. We have some kids that come to the church that their parents don't come to church. They want their kids in church, but they don't come to church. And that that can be tough sometimes. They, They love us and they trust us. But you want to see them, you know, you want to see the kids accept Jesus as Savior, but you want to see the whole family. Right. And it's hard to see parents drive up and drop their kids off or send their kids with somebody else, and yet they don't come themselves. Right. So that that can be discouraging sometimes. And sometimes you think, just to be honest, sometimes you think, well, what good is this doing at times? But then about that time, God will do something wonderful and maybe... You know, a child will accept Jesus that you've been praying for, or a new family will come in and start being a part of your ministry. So about the time you start to get discouraged, a lot of times God will do something to really encourage you. Yeah. So do you see as you are, are dealing with families that, that, especially in family ministry, do you see it, it trending in a certain direction in any way? I think, again, when you talk about how busy families are, my thing is to stay consistent, to not sway from the gospel, and to just be a an influence in that family's life no matter what they're going through. You'd be surprised sometimes, like I send the kids birthday cards. Kids don't get mail anymore. Yeah. I've had children come and say, thank you so much for my card. I've had parents say, that is the only card that my child got. Mm-hmm. They got happy birthday wishes on Facebook, right. or they got happy birthday wishes by phone. That's the only physical card that they got. So I think just being consistent as far as how I'm concerned with family ministries, Mm -hmm. being consistent, being there, and and knowing the kids, knowing the families, knowing what's going on in their lives. I don't know that that's the way it's trending, but that's the way I like to do it. (laughs) Well, and I know that I hear pastors and children's ministers, youth ministers, all of them agree that the families are very busy. And I guess the dilemma is, and we probably all have tried to think through this, how can we get into that busy life? Right. You know, and, and it's it's not just uh, sports, mm-hmm. uh, but even family time, because they're all working so much 
I, I hear uh, families say, well, this is the only time we can get together. They do, and we have families even in our church that the dad will be at home on Sunday morning, uh, have to fly out somewhere on Sunday afternoon or Monday morning, and not fly back home until Friday evening or Saturday for work. And so they'll say, well, we'll give you Sunday school time and maybe church time, but then the rest of the day we're spending together as a family, like you said. And our Sunday night programs and Wednesday night programs that we have uh, Sunday night, we only run through the school year mm-hmm. to try to help the families out a little bit, uh, to give them a, an opportunity to have some time together over the summer where hopefully they can spend some time together because we value the family and we want the families to be there. And we try to tell the parents, you know, you can bring your kids here to learn about Jesus, but mm-hmm. the first teachers about Jesus are you. Yes. And you need to be doing that at home. Yeah. We're just coming along beside of you. And we're not we're not the major spiritual influence in your child's life. To try to get that across to the families is also important, but it, it's it's hard sometimes, and especially if you have a family that has been involved in something and decides that they're going to step back from something at church to have that time. Well, you want to say, you know, step back from something else, yeah. but keep your family in church. Yeah. So, what do you have that's uh, that's being very successful in your ministry? Well, one thing that's been really good is we we work with Child Evangelism Fellowship and mm-hmm. we do the Good News Club at the elementary school. Mm-hmm. And it's less than a mile from our from our church. So we are able to get in there once a week, do a Bible club. Mm-hmm. And we've developed such a relationship with the school that now the principal will call me or email me and ask me to be involved in other activities at good. the school yeah. or to bring volunteers to work at the school. We've gotten involved in mentoring there. We do stuff for the teachers, like before school starts each year and during the year as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really opened a door to have people to visit our church. Mm-hmm. Like I say, we don't do it to try to grow our church. We do it to try to spread the gospel. But a positive thing that's happened is we've had families that have come and visited and joined the church because of that. Right. So that's been a big success, and it helps with our other activities like Bible school and harvest carnivals and things like that. The school lets us pass out flyers to everybody in the school, about 800 kids. Yeah. So that's an outreach for us. That's a, a built-in outreach, and that particular school has, I believe, 13 or 16 different languages spoken in that school. Wow. So that is a mission. For, that's the world right in our back door. Right. That is one of the ways that we try to minister is as much as we can do at that school. We call it our school, mm. and we minister there as much as we can. Yeah. So that's been, in my mind, a huge open door, a huge blessing, and really, if you want to say it, a huge success. Right. Well, it's good, and that's a, that's a key thing to build a relationship with uh, your the local schools mm-hmm. and uh, even government agencies. I mean, that, that's always a big benefit to the local church, isn't it? It is. It is. And the school knows that they can call us if they have, you know, a family that has a fire or I I had one family that one of the teachers caught me in the cafeteria one day and she said, Hey, this little girl in my room, in my classroom, her mother died unexpectedly over the weekend. Hmm. Well, I was able to go and minister to the family and go to the funeral and just because of the relationship with that teacher. So it's it's good to get a, a good reputation with the school and a good positive influence with the school. 
And again, my church is very supportive of it. We have a lot of people that, that put a lot of time in there in ministry. So if you were to give advice to a like a small church mm-hmm. that, that, that just has a volunteer children's minister uh, in, and they have a school next door, how would they build a relationship with some of those teachers and administration in the school? Well, I think one... Most teachers these days, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, but most teachers these days would be happy for someone to volunteer to come and help in their classroom, Mm -hmm. even if it's just once a week. And maybe go and meet with the principal and say, hey, you know, here we are. We're neighbors. What can we be involved in with your school? How much will you allow us to participate in activities? Uh, Make sure that you check with them and say what... um, what policies do we need to follow as far as like a background check or anything like that? Because most of the time the schools will require that. And just meet with them and say, we're here. We're willing to help out. What can we do? Right. And of course, you've got in the back of your mind, whatever I do, I'm going to share the gospel while right. I'm there. Yeah. So it's not it's not being underhanded or anything like right. that. It's yeah. coming to them and saying, hey, can we pray for your school? Do you mind to let us you know, put word out there that we're praying for your school? Sure. And I don't know many principals or teachers that would turn that down. Right. And they understand. Uh, they do. They, they understand your uh, what you're about, your purpose. Right. And so, you know, they can choose to, to either accept you in, to reject you, right. or ask you to come help. And if they do that, they're usually more open and, and you're more free to be able to, to be able to share the gospel. That's right. I know of some schools in our area that the principal in particular would not allow, say, the Good News Club to come in. And most of the time they say, well, if I allow them to come in, I'll have to allow any group to come in. And that's kind of how they get around that. But 99% of the principals are like, yes, come in here. We need this influence in our school. We want you to come. The greatest blessing is when you have a principal that's a believer also. Well, uh, share with me, too. There's a lot of uh, people who are listening to this podcast right now that uh, as ministers or volunteers and they just they're they have challenges mm-hmm. just trying to do ministry what is the biggest challenge as a pastor that you encounter well one challenge especially when my boys were younger is i had to be careful to not let a church activity as far as a children's ministry thing that my kids were part of be our family activity yeah or our family event or whatever mm-hmm. So I always had to make sure to still carve out time for my family. That meant carving out time to spend just with my wife, Mm -hmm. you know, even away from our own children. That meant carving out time to be with my wife and my two boys as a family and not let ministry come before my my own family. Mm -hmm. And another thing is not to let maybe my study or whatever preparing for children's ministry to take place of my own walk with the Lord. Mm. You know, I could really sometimes easily slip into, well, I'm studying these verses or whatever, and that's, you know, I've read my Bible for the day, but I need to make sure, I need to always make sure that I have that time alone with the Lord every day to, and not let the ministry aspect of it take the place of my own relationship with the Lord. Right. That's good advice. And I think that uh, it's, it's easy for ministers just to get so busy in doing the work of the ministry. It is. You know, and neglect their own spiritual life. Too. That's right. And that's when Satan looks for those opportunities to and defeat I, them. 
and I always thought it would be a shame to be a children's pastor and to be a pastor in general and let my own family fall apart or let my own children stray from the Lord, which Mm -hmm. that, you know, as they grow up and become adults, they have to make that decision on their own. But you can't say that I didn't try to keep that from happening. What impact does it make? I know that you, uh, in your ministry, you do, you all do a lot of different activities, a lot of uh, camps and retreats to different places. Mm -hmm. And obviously it means something to you. And, uh, but, but share with us a little bit about how going away from the church, Mm -hmm. their own community, their own home for a couple of nights, either on a retreat or a camp or something like that. Does that impact your church in any way? It does. I, I think no matter what size church you're in, it's hard to get volunteers for different activities, but it's, you have to kind of put it out of your mind that if you don't, if someone doesn't volunteer for you, they're not against you. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that are called into different areas to serve. Right. And I want people in my area that feel called to serve children. And if they come to me and say, you know, I've taught for 10 years, I just feel like I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. I don't get upset. I don't get mad. Years ago, I probably would have. Yeah. But now I'm like, you need to take care of your own walk with the Lord. And if you're feeling that way, then the Lord's laying on somebody else's heart to step in right. and God will provide. I learned a while back to not get discouraged when people don't necessarily jump at the opportunity to serve in children's ministry yeah. because somebody will. God always provides somebody to serve. Well, and, and trying to get volunteers uh, in your ministry is very difficult. And it is. Across, it, and that's just across the church, mm-hmm. the board of most churches. Right. There are a few, and we had uh, we did a podcast uh, a couple months ago with uh, with gentleman that shared with me. He actually was a— worked with Campers on Missions as a volunteer and give his opinion from the outside. Oh, yeah. And so it was really interesting to be able to hear that. But volunteer, it's, it's a necessity. And it's actually a command. It is. That God gives us to, to be uh, use our gifts in church, but we don't always do that. But, we, but it's a necessity. We can't do our ministry without those volunteers. Exactly. And you need to praise them for serving. And, you know, it's always good to have your senior pastor on board with what you're doing. And if he can promote it from the pulpit or... Give a shout out, you know, every opportunity that he has for your children's ministry or student ministry or wherever. And I'm thankful that our pastor does that, too. Yeah. One other thing that I think that uh, I think you could really maybe share is if you were to give advice to um, someone who is bivocational or volunteer children's minister, what would be that advice you give? Maybe a, a key thing or a key point or something that could help them or encourage them some way. I think that you just know that the Lord has called you into that position, whether it is volunteer or paid or part-time or whatever, and that he's going to see you through that. And to remember his promises to you that he's going to be with you and just to trust in him to provide and ask him for wisdom in dealing with whatever situation you might be dealing with, mm-hmm. uh, even in your planning. You know, I try to pray, Lord, if this is something that we need to, it may be something that we've done for years, but if it's time to do something different or try something different or stop this altogether, then I'm willing. Mm-hmm. You know, just stay willing and open to the Lord. Stay in constant communication with Him and just don't feel like the Lord's not in your ministry. 
but at the same time, don't get so involved in your ministry that you leave the Lord out of it. So it's a two-way thing. And it's good to have fellowship with other people in the same type position as you are. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I've missed since I've moved to South Carolina is I don't have as much of that as I had when I was in Tennessee. And Mm -hmm. when I'm at camp, I'm with a lot of my friends that I've been friends with for years who are also children's pastors or some position on their, in their church that's similar to mine. So that's encouraging to keep up with people like that and to bounce ideas off them and to plan with them and and just to get to know them. So find some people in your area that you could maybe meet with even just once a month and talk about what's going on because nobody understands what pastors are going through like other pastors. So how does taking your children away or your families away Mm -hmm. uh, to overnight, either a camp or a retreat, how does that or does that impact your church? It does, and I'm so thankful. We've, we do several different things during the summers and even during the school year sometimes with our families and children. So we do a children's camp, which is when we come to Carson Springs. We do a second-grade camp to, uh, for the kids that are not old enough for regular children's camp. And again, we come to Carson Springs. We do a mother-daughter retreat. We do a father-son two-night thing at a camp in South Carolina. It's great to get the kids away sometimes from all the distractions that they have in their lives, whether it be sports or uh, technology or whatever. And even to come to Carson Springs where they're more out in the open, they're more in nature, they're with kids from other churches, and they're experiencing not just my leadership, but other uh, Christian adults' leaderships. And to me, camp is just a mountaintop experience every time you go. Mm. I can remember when I was young and used to go to youth camp. I never got to go to children's camp when I was little, but I started going in high school to youth camp. And you just, there's things you experience at camp with the Lord speaking to you and working in your lives sometimes that you don't experience anywhere else. And to get to do that with the kids at children's camp is just a wonderful experience. You know, we've had kids saved at children's camp. We've had kids reveal that they're going through difficult things at children's yeah. camp. Yeah. And that's opportunities that you have with them because you're with them basically 24 hours a day. And a lot of times they'll open up more than when you're in Sunday school just an hour with them a week or something like that. So to me, camp is just a a mountaintop experience. Now, you have to go back and go through the valley sometimes or come down off the mountaintop, but still, those mountaintop experiences can do amazing things in a person's life. I was called into ministry myself at youth camp, so I can remember exactly the invitation that was given, exactly walking down and knowing that that's where the Lord called me into full-time ministry. Yeah. When you see something like that happen, you know, that's great. As far as going with the moms and daughters or the dads and the sons, there again, we go to places where they're getting away from the technology, they're getting away from the busyness of life, and they're just having some good quality time together. And usually the Lord works a great work during that quality time together. So to me, camp should be a part of every child and family's life, every opportunity they get. So I look forward to my summers with all the different camps and activities going on and retreats and things because I love to see the kids just experience things that they don't necessarily experience anywhere else. Travis, thank you for sharing with us how 
family ministry has really opened up many opportunities to strengthen and encourage families in your community. So thank you for sharing with that. Thank you. Uh, thank you also to our listeners today to, to listen to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Travis or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you will look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.